Hello. It's, Hello. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Can we make it if we try? I can only make it funky, apparently. Nice. That's all I have. I only have funky for you. Only funky. Uh, only funky all the time. My microphone is pulling me like down right for some chest. deep cleave. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a little bit. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> this is the only V-necked shirt that I own. And yet, it's the best V-neck. But you might be best putting it straight into the center of the V because oh, yeah. I found. Let's just go straight in the V. Straight V. Straight in the V. Hi, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, the resubscriptions, folks. Much appreciated. Nice to see you here. I am confused because there's a camera here. I know. There's a camera here. Yeah. But it's this camera. There's yeah. also a camera there, technically. Yeah, technically. Uh, there's a lot of technology in this room. And uh, hello, Ellie Spot. Um, this might be a slightly strange angle for you folks because this isn't. Uh, you know, usually John's about facing this way. Yeah, the players are off here facing in this way. So, shook it up for... This is actually one of our lights um, yeah. behind us, but you... It's not on because we don't need it to be on at the moment. Behind us is some of the audio panels yeah. that we have set up in the room. And actually, a lot of the sound deadening comes from gaming books. Yep. <laughs> which are right here. Uh, so... Uh, some other interesting things that you might yeah. catch here and there. I'm covering all of my Netrunner stuff with my big, big head, yeah. but that's okay. So good. Oh, Pook, if you had a camera trained on us at all times, I'd be okay with that. But you just you. Would have witnessed a whole lot of audio tests before stream. So I guess. I mean, I spend an awful lot of time uh, in this room when I'm working, so it'd be pretty boring. <laughs> the sick backlit mood? You don't want, okay, we can turn it on, but we'll sh it, it won't work. Actually, it will work for you. Sweet, I get backlight. <laughs> I mean, I could do this. You could, I don't know if that's gonna introduce flicker. Play with our lighting levels just for you. No, I, I turned the, these lights on. So there we go. <laughs> Your coaching sessions. We can turn the music down slightly. Yeah. Which we just did. Let us know if that is bitter. Yeah. Because uh, we're back on the wireless mics for today. Yep. Uh, when there's only two of us, they tend to work a little better. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also kind of doing this more casual. Uh, why don't we start off? Why don't we start off right here? Because we're going to do a retrospective on 2022. We can start off with a retrospective on the fact that our next major tech is going to come in in a month. Because That's like a future perspective. <laughs> it is a future perspective. Uh, because we are now um, moving to choir mics. Yes. Um, so... The day that we were setting up starting Blades in the Dark, uh, we got in, we we're doing our little pre-show audio tests, and three of the microphones were just done for. Um, we had plugged microphones into Phantom Power that shouldn't be plugged into Phantom Power, and uh, 
there was a power surge going on as well, and I think that's what fried them, but one well, or the other, We, we were using lavalier microphones that yeah. were designed to go into these packs. Yeah. And then we decided that the packs being wireless were a pain. Uh, it was causing too many problems. Anytime there's audio problems, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Visual problems, you can deal with. Audio problems. Yeah, people's ears. People tune out. So we plugged them directly into the audio interface, not what they were designed to do. Yeah. It lasted for a while until they didn't. Yeah. Uh, so we're moving on to choir mics, which will actually dangle from the ceiling. Um, you won't see them. Yeah. They won't be in frame, but they're going to be, if you see my fingers here, they're going to be like here. Yeah. Just, just, just out of frame mm -hmm. so that they can pick up the three players uh, while they're playing and the storyteller will still be using this guy, uh, which is currently not active, uh, but uh, that's what we're doing just because uh, we're hoping to go back to a situation where players can like just get up, leave, come back without having to mute themselves, pull microphones off their bodies and the like. Uh, the audio quality is always yeah. going to be best with labs. I mean, the best audio quality would be with labs if we had someone sitting there able to like live mix or, you know, if we had, you know, what, like 10 hours a week just to fuck with the audio mix just for our yeah. output. We, we do not have that kind of time. No. Um, so we need the best solution that will work without a human focusing entirely on the sound. We consulted with a professional we did. sound engineer for we this. We did. Um, we gotta do something about that. Yes. Um, ping what? Uh, so the, the plan is the next best thing to that, which is a solution that won't deal with wireless interference because we're in a condo building that has lots of other units, um, which is the primary issue with these wireless devices. Uh, it's not going to have headsets that are gonna scratch against beards or against hair. Uh, they aren't gonna be sh clothing mounted, which sometimes interferes with clothing. Um, and is your Discord fully, fully closed? Should be, um, but I'll check. Because I think it might have been right around the time that we had, uh, or it might have been uh, his Hello, chat with discipline. Yeah, there you go. But oop. But um, ultimately, it's the least um, number of challenges and frustrations to us so that we can sit there and play the game and focus on the game, and you will have a consistent audio quality rather than one that's like good 98% of the time and awful 2% of the time. So that's what we're lurking on. But yeah. That's in the future. And there's yeah. going to be some more future talk coming up, including when I might get to sit back down in my own chair. Right. Uh, but that's not going to be for a little bit. Yeah, apparently. But we'll, we'll get to that. We started the year with two major projects underway. Mm-hmm. One of them was on its way out, it was yep. finishing up, and one of them was ongoing. So we were, we started 2022 wrapping up Exalt Twitch Academy. Um, this was the second season of our Dragon Blooded Focus campaign that we had ported into Essence. Um, and so that was how we started our year. Characters we knew, a system that we were trying to adapt to, we were trying to forget like 70% of EX3 and learn an extra 30% of 
essence. Um, so it was an interesting challenge and one that uh, ultimately we learned a lot from. And I think it, it will tie back in to the future stuff at the end in that we learned um, that picking up, trying to run a system while it's still a work in progress is not ideal for us, especially while streaming. I, first of all, this is Clinic Hours. Yeah. So if you have any questions, throw them in chat. You can also use uh, our uh, Q&A. Q, uh, yeah, our queuing. Um, so if you put an exclamation mark Q uh, that will look like this in chat and then follow it with your question, uh, it'll come up automatically on here and we'll answer it. And we'll answer anything about role-playing games, you know, like we, that's how these clinic hours have always been. Um, but I, I will say this, uh, Exalted Essence was not fully baked. Yeah. Um, so that hurt. We didn't make new characters that hurt more. Um, it is something that I continually try to, to recommend to other people and I did not take my own advice again. Mm. But I, <laughs> Characters are tied to the systems in which they are. Take away those systems or change those systems and the characters can feel very different. Mm -hmm. And if the characters feel very different, uh, that's no good at all. So uh, let's just do this. Oh. There is someone else swung the sword. Thank you. There we go. Or someone. Anyway. Uh, <sighs> So 2018 John speaks the truth. 2018 John is, is, has no, been known to do it occasionally. Um, the, the, the issue is that your characters just didn't have the same abilities mm. that they once had, yeah. and that changed the way that they felt and the way that they played, yeah. and it would have been easier to start off with something new and therefore reset your expectations for everything. For sure, that, that was a lot of it. Um, but I do think that particularly trying to attempt that while streaming and trying to keep the game interesting rather than being like, which we ended up doing anyway, oh, I'm going to use blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, I don't have blah, blah, blah anymore because that doesn't exist anymore. So yeah, porting a character into a new system while trying to stream and not having the time to sit down and look at what you have available each time. Uh, not the best pace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll wait for that to be popped up on screen. Oops. How about I actually put it on screen instead Other of than just killing it? Oh, no. There we are. Sorakrium Lost says, honestly, from the perspective of a viewer, making the change from Exalted 3rd Edition to Essence, the characters felt very different. And I think it was the fact that so much abilities, so many abilities had to change. Um, that's absolutely the case. There were certain facts, like, um, going with Aresta, I had a whole bunch of charms that were about, like, don't need to sleep, don't need to eat, don't need to rest, like, all of these things that just didn't exist in Essence, which is fine. Essence was a simplified version, but it was just a fact of her being that no, that I had gone really deep into that charm tree just didn't exist at all. Uh, and I think we all experience that. So it is definitely a thing to be aware of if you ever think about porting characters into a new system. No. How much is going to change? 
because we aren't, we don't tend to build our characters, oh well, I am a fighter with a great sword and I can cleave. Speak for like, yourself, I cleave all the time, right here, yeah. right now. Um, right, like we don't tend to talk about our character's stats first, we talk to talk about them as people, but the, the crunch informs the flavor. Mm -hmm. Like what your character can do informs who they are. Well, so. I mean, it's a big book. Oh, it's a big book. There it is. Third. It's what? a big book. Yeah. It's got its other big book next to it. Yeah. Um, we're in the tail end of the Siderials Kickstarter, so there may be some look at that. Also, Exalted Essence is still on its way, and we've been told that it should be ready soon. Yeah. Um, and I can say that Exalted, mm -hmm. so we have a spreadsheet. <laughs> We've got a massive spreadsheet mm -hmm. with all the games that we own um, or games that we're interested in owning or games that we have heard of that people have recommended to us and all that. And this spreadsheet kind of has notes from all of us, like the players uh, deciding you know, what they're interested in, what might be good, whether we can stream it, because as we've said several times in the past year, um, we're not necessarily comfortable streaming some games, even if we think Sorry they're super cool. Yeah. Uh, and Exalted is still on the list. Yeah, it really is. Um, but it's definitely something that we want to see the finalized version of Essence, see what that feels like. We want to look at Sidereals. It's not off the list. It's just not going to happen tomorrow. No. I think we're going to need to see a little bit of distance mm -hmm. still from Exalt Witch Academy um, to the next game. We'd like to see the final version of Essence because, mm -hmm. I mean, I still believe that Essence might be a fantastic game for streaming. Yeah. But I want to see it and I want to see if it feels better, if it uh, reads better. I mean, it almost certainly will because mm -hmm. I think they mm -hmm. had to really go back to the drawing board on a bunch of those things. And they're also just like occasionally like little in parentheses, add table here. Um, so I think that just a little bit of that useful reference information for actually playing the game actively, um, which is fine that it wasn't there in the version that came out with the backing, but it means that it was not ready for us to be streaming while playing. Yeah. So, uh, Requiem saying, I think Sion is a perfect example of a game that would be awesome, but not really streamable. Uh, yep, we yep. said it a bunch. Uh, I don't feel comfortable enough getting knowledgeable with all the various pantheons that exist in that game. And as much as it might be easy to say like, no one's gonna care if you don't represent Zeus as well as you could. A lot of these pantheons are very culturally tied. Mm -hmm. um, and while I don't think that's necessarily a problem if you're sitting at home and you're making your best effort, it's a lot different when you're doing it in public to the whole world mm -hmm. and then recorded for permanent posterity. Uh, it just, uh, it would involve a lot of work, especially on whoever the storyteller is. And we just don't have that kind, unfortunately, mm -hmm. or resources. Um, does that segue into another plan we had in the works at the start of the year? Yeah, go for it. Um, we had spoken about doing Neo Rokugan. Uh, boom. We were going to be running a game based in the L5R um, game universe, uh, the FFG version, uh, but brought into a future whether that was hundreds or thousands of years to be completely specified. John made like a, a home base, he made NBCs, we made characters which we made on stream, we did some play sessions, and 
A cool logo. Yeah, cool logo. Like the logo. Really high tech overlays. Um, but in our play tests, we realized that there were a few factors that weren't clicking for us. Um, the system, it was okay. It just wasn't fully clicking for us. It, we weren't like, yes, 100%. And um, a big thing, going back to the Scion conversation, was just that even putting it in the uh, a fictionalized future in a separate universe, it still... There was no way to remove the taste of cultural appropriation and hiring a cultural consultant didn't feel like it would be sufficient. Hiring someone, A, we just can't afford to pay someone to be here every week. B, it would just feel like tokenism so that we get to play samurai. Um, so it, it's another thing that would be amazing to play, not on stream. The the concept of Bushido is tied intricately in this game, but it's too close mm -hmm. to, to the real world culture. Yeah. Even though, yes, the concept of Bushido and Samurai have been fictionalized already, at the same time, it does feel very close to that sort of area. Exalted draws a lot from Eastern myth, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it does not feel appropriation-like. It doesn't specifically mention Bushido, it doesn't mention Taoism or Buddhism or all of these actual specific presets. Yeah. It is more, much more thematically flavored rather than specific. Whereas Bushido, Samurai, like all of it, which is absolutely a fair tool to present these a story like that and our attempts to try to step away from it were insufficient to actually, like the, the game is too tied to those yeah. themes. It, uh, the way that Quinn's from Shut Up and Sit Down put it, which I thought was really good, I'm paraphrasing here, is uh, it was a ton of fun, but if anyone ever saw how much a whole bunch of white dudes were screaming about honor, uh, he would die. And yeah, um, it's, it, it, the game revolves around things like honor and duty and while those are interesting things, the mechanics also very much linked. Uh, the fact that a lot of people also know L5R, mm -hmm. so we couldn't make a clean break from L5R um, while still using the same system because people were asking about the various clans, people asking about how we tend to interpret different things. We had ideas and we had answers for these things. It was really cool. It wasn't going to be streamable. Mm -hmm. And we had, to, we had to cut it. Yeah. Which was a big disappointment, I think, for, for us, because we also, we don't like promising things and then taking it away. Yeah. Uh, we don't like getting people excited and then being like, wah, 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 wah. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of what perpetuated so many one-shots at the start of our year, was that we were trying to make this work because we had announced it, because we were trying to commit to it, because we were so excited by it in concept, um, but we did not feel that we could execute it um, without risking causing harm, and it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. There are so many other games out there for us to explore. A um, whole bunch of one-shots happened this past year. Um, I think the first of the year was The Very Important Task, um, which is one of many... So many screws. <laughs> <They're> <clears throat> one of many um, quick, short little one-shots from Story Brewers, um, we played a few of their others. We played uh, 
the Temple of Doom, and I think there are a couple of others at least that we looked at. Um, and uh, Lady Blackbird, I think, is in as well, isn't it? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I do not think so. Um, but uh, they are also the same people behind uh, Good Society, which we played previously. Oh, they're behind Good Society. That's, yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly <clears throat> it. Um, we have uh, definitely been in that situation. Yeah. It's one seven design that does Lady Blackbird. Yeah. Uh, John Harper. So mm -hmm. the guy who did Blades in the Dark. There we go. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to save that for another day. Um, some of the other ones we touched on, uh, All Out of Bubblegum, uh, which is a really quick, easy throw together barrel of laughs, as was um, Fuck It's Dracula, um, and Goosefellas, and Starcross. They're all quick, one day, sit down, read it at the table with everyone, play them, have a good time. Uh, I, I would also put Guys in Chairs in that. I just want to highlight it separately because it was made by Super Dylan and we had JT on as a guest. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and was it Scott who ran that? Uh, guys in Chairs? Yeah, I think it was Scott. Uh, that's the 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 origin of oh! <laughs> <laughs> crashing into the moon. Um, when we play one shots, it's, it's something that I think is interesting is that I noticed that we, there were times where we were not playing the one shot the way I think it was designed and mm -hmm. it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just a lesson to be learned is that sometimes you don't actually have to hit it. You don't have to, to make the, uh, you don't have to make the game the way that everybody else plays the game. You can play the way that you want to play as long as you're having fun. Mm -hmm. If you're, Tweaking the game too much without the other players being on board, that can be kind of rough. Like, if I'm trying to run a high fantasy game and you're coming in as a grizzled Call of Duty clone with, like, you know, who only ever wants to that, then you might be in trouble. Or if you're, if you're doing the whole, like, I'm a goofy rogue who's constantly stealing from his own party, whoa, you know, like, and everyone else is playing a... A gritty, yeah. you know, dungeon crawl. You're making us flip. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't help it. Um. So, yeah, it, it. But if everyone else is on board, yeah, you're all good. We we went through a lot of these. We also played Dread. Um, mm -hmm. The, but then after that, we kind of we'd been playing a lot of one shots where we were trying to figure out what we were going to play next, and we ended up doing something a little different for this channel. We played through an entire legacy game. Mm -hmm. We played through the King's Dilemma, which is honestly, if you have the chance to play the King's Dilemma and you have at least three friends who will play it with you, I don't think it'd work well with three. Four was good. I think five is probably the ideal, mm -hmm. um, the max number of players, but four is certainly playable as, as we found out um, that game is great just for the fact that uh, as you're playing it you kind of have to get into the sort of mindset of the role player because its win condition is not entirely clear yeah you don't actually know until the end like literally you have finished the game and then it's time to count up the points that you find out what the points even are and what they mean because you're marking down a few progress things you're filling up a few 
like tracks and you have a few personal goals, but what that actually means in the end is not revealed until you've done everything. There's no choices left to make. Um, but it was a ton of fun and we did pick it because it was pass and gather power, uh, because it was role play focused. Um, it was, it was, I think we had a lot of fun playing it, but I don't know whether necessarily we'll be playing more legacy games on stream. Um, especially not at the end of such a long streak of one shots, yeah. but it was giving us time to figure out what the heck we were going to do. I think that it probably went, was good for some and yeah. then for others. I think it really would have been difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there were some people who came to us uh, who mentioned that you know that it was it was fun because it was us, but it was not fun because it was a board game. Yeah, and board yeah. games just didn't have the same, you know. It's. I think that that's the sort of thing that on for a one shot. Yeah. It can work or yeah. like one or two, but maybe because we, we spent six, six sessions. Yeah. Going through the whole game. Yeah. And yeah. It was that. A long while. Yeah, it was a long. Yeah. Time to go, uh, but still probably one of my favorite board game experiences mm -hmm. that I've ever had. Uh, short of. I'm gonna say Pandemic Legacy season zero, season one yeah. was probably my favorite board game. I mean, game. it's also your first Legacy, I think. It was my first Legacy game. So that helps, but it was a good one. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't see everything mm -hmm. in a board game unless we go to a lot of different efforts to make that yeah, happen. Yeah, digitize and like multiple angles and stuff like that. Yeah, like it, that's part of why we thought we could get away with it because so much of the game is basically just a central tracker, but yeah. So it's, um, it, it is a game that we had a lot of fun with. But if we're gonna be playing other games in the future, we really gotta make sure that it's either occasional or that it's something that the audience can kind of mm -hmm. appreciate with us, Yeah. right? At least for a video game, you can see everything that we can yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, he really enjoyed watching Passing Game Power. See. That's why I don't think that we're gonna say no. Mm -hmm. We're just gonna say maybe not, mm -hmm. uh, or we'll figure out a way. Cause we kickstarted the Queen's, Queen's Dilemma, Dilemma. Mm -hmm. but that first of all, isn't gonna come out for at least a year. Mm -hmm. um, and also it may not be the kind of game, cause it looks like it has a few extra systems on top yeah. of the King's Dilemma. Yeah. And we may not want to get into that. Mm -hmm. But what you haven't been seeing is we've been playing Pandemic Legacy season zero uh, before and after streams. Yeah. Uh, and that game has also been wonderful. Uh, so we're, we've really enjoyed it. Season two, we didn't really, we bounced off it a bit. Yeah, it was. Combination of the wrong timing. Yeah. And all, cause it was like in the middle of pandemic kind of. Yeah, and there was a bit of like just inability. We, we, there were too, too much time between sessions. So we come back and not remember what we were doing. Um, but yeah, we didn't it just like also as isn't much. as good. Yeah. That's all right. But season zero, also, you can play without playing season one. Yeah. Season one, you can just play whenever. But also, if you haven't played Pandemic, the original, see, this is why the music's messing up, because this is what would play when I'm like, it's time to wrap up. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> season, like, Pandemic, just the normal board game, probably one of the best cooperative games you can play. Definitely good. Um, the, the music's out of order from what I'm used to it being. Yeah. That's all. Uh, when we cobbled this together. I mean, 
Yeah, it's just not in the random order that I added it to the list on the website. It's yeah. actually downloaded. But it just always played yeah. in the same order for yeah. all the other clinic hours that yeah, yeah. I've done. Um, but yeah, if you have a chance to play the Legacy games, they're super worth. Uh, but then after King's Dilemma, we led into our... Uh, while we were working on Nyorokugan and it became clear that we weren't sure about what kind of game that was turning out to be, we had to come up with a contingency plan. Mm. Um, and to circle back to the beginning of the year, we had been working on Disconcordia, which was a 24-7 Discord-based role-playing game set in Changeling, the Dreaming 20th Anniversary Edition, in the same continuum as Changeling the Streaming. Because we had been up to this for uh, almost a year uh, by the time this decision was being made, we realized that we could throw together a Changeling game with very short prep. Um, so that's what that was part of the impetus of Changeling Riverwild coming to life, was that um, we were currently fully versed in the Changeling rules. Riverwild. It was an interesting thing for me. We, first off, we didn't know how long we were going to play it. Mm -hmm. It was not intended to be our next major campaign. It was intended to be something for us to play and figure out whether we wanted to keep doing it, but at least it was something. Because we started noticing that it was either one-shots or it was board games, and we hadn't done uh, a longer campaign in a little while, even a mini campaign. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of where we came up with that. The... I, I would say that our biggest thing with Riverwild was that it ended up being a little too much of a good thing in that we were already playing Changeling with Disconcordia. So we were already kind of living and breathing Changeling every mm -hmm. day. And then coming into a different Changeling game, I felt like it was a lot. Um, and the we didn't gel with it as much as we could have. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's whenever I adjust my shirt. It's because the microphone here is not sitting correctly. Should I get you your jacket so you can clip it into the pocket? Or you... Sure. Yeah. yeah well, let's just do that. so that Because remember, audio. Yep. <laughs> audio bad. Um, yeah, it just didn't click as well as we would have liked. I don't regret it. Uh, but I certainly don't think, like, I'm, I'm glad that it did not go longer than it did. We didn't force it, because mm -hmm. it just wasn't working the way that we would have hoped. Or at least that I would have hoped. I, I should point out, I'm only talking for myself, and we're, neither of us are talking for Liz or Scott. No. Uh, our opinions are our own and do not reflect the entire RPG clinic, yada yada, legal jargon. Um, yeah, I think there was... It's also a wonder, like, John is really quite skilled. Should I meet you for a second while you do this? Yep. Um, at throwing together NPCs that are such interesting characters that may not, you know, that he may not consider fully developed, but they feel like fully developed humans or changelings that have walked into this world with a whole lifetime behind them. And I know that, at least myself personally, I feel like it's also possible that my creating interesting changeling characters might have been a little depleted um, going into um, Riverwild. So I wonder if there's a bit of that going on as well in that because we had been spending so much time in the changeling universe, some of those stores were depleted 
Um, and so, yeah. It also taught me uh, a lesson that I had, I, I realized I, I should have looked at first. Oh, thank you, Requiem Lost. Um, which is that we've been doing, we've been thinking a little too stream forward instead of us forward. We didn't do character creation at the same time. We did it sequentially. We basically did uh, Liz, Scott, Kate, I think, in or that order. Or it was Scott, Scott Liz, Liz, Kate. Kate. Yeah. You were definitely last. Um, and I don't think that's actually good. I am somebody who wants the group to gel. And I think it's a lot harder to have three people bring in three distinct characters apart than to have three people create their group together. Um, just because we're, we're in a situation where uh, if you aren't making the character with the other people, you may not catch what kind of themes people are interested in exploring, the kind of tone that people are going for. Well, CTS, we actually did kind of do it together and then did it apart mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like we started doing it together and then we fleshed out the characters yeah we didn't necessarily dots on sheets together but we definitely figured out who the people were what they were about what they were going to be good like we knew that Sophia was going to be strong in arts starting out we knew that Patches was going to be a sniper and that Rom was going to be um you know someone a troll who wields a sword sort of thing like we had some of those crunchy bits already figured out even though the dots specifically weren't necessarily there so that we kind of knew the rough shape and how it fit together Whereas I feel like, yeah, it's true that with some of our other campaigns, we've sort of been like, here's the theme. All right, I'll see you at character creation. And then we all come together. We're like, how does this fit? Yeah, there's some bumping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and some of it was also, and I'll take this as a mea culpa, I very specifically was like, it's okay if there's things that are like the same. Um, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's... Uh, I was very much like, hey, go with your original concept um, instead of saying it's fine to pivot if you mm -hmm. want to pivot. And then that ended up causing a few other kind of like maybe we could have avoided some of, again, that kind of bumping or friction mm -hmm. in terms of characters either having similar situations or radically opposite differences. Um, that could have been avoided had we worked on them together and had I not doubled down on saying like you don't have to give up what you were hoping for in the beginning um breaking hearts at the very start is a lot easier than breaking hearts after 10 hours of play and being like oh yeah this isn't working out as well as you'd like well you can change it i guess and then at that point it's too late there are some good things though, yeah that came out of it um yeah. Changing the streaming, I think, was also sort of like, uh, it had a sort of self-contained kind of venture for it. I uh, I still kind of like the contribution that it sort of made to changing the streaming, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it can be a benefit of a group your size. It can be easier to not have too much overlap in abilities and such. The, the thing is, if you have five PCs in your group, you're going to have some overlaps and everyone just kind of has to put up with it. Mm -hmm. If you have three, the thing is, it's when you get like one overlap, mm -hmm. which is like a big one. And then it ends up being like 
But if there's three of us, I've already lost a whole bunch of my identity. Well, or it's also like, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm going to build um, a master of autumn. And then someone else comes in and they also have mastered autumn. And there's like 20 different arts to choose from. And the third person doesn't have autumn and the campaign isn't about using autumn and you may not even have many opportunities it was going to be like your ace up your sleeve it that's why in such a small group it stands out but even in a group of five it would still be a thing like unless they had sat down and spoken to each other and they were both like yes we think it'll be great that we're both masters of autumn yeah um because otherwise you know when you build your character think about what their strengths are what their weaknesses are what partially like and these things help define their identity which loops back to what we're saying about essence and changing systems yeah. um that if you build a character that's all about autumn and suddenly that is less remarkable it i think it's better to say okay you know what go back to the drawing board make someone else rather than trying to make this autumn specialist yeah sort of limp along. For the record, I'm yeah. the one taking the blame in this situation. I don't think there's blame to be had. Maybe not. It was fine. We had fun. Yeah, but I'm I'm not saying that anybody deliberately or accidentally messed up someone else's play. I'm saying that in the future we can avoid mm -hmm. some of these issues if we do what we should have been doing, which is what we had been doing originally, which is creating characters together mm -hmm. as opposed to saying we can get three good streams out of this mm. and then creating the characters separately mm -hmm. i'm totally fine if we create the characters together and then we have a stream where we go into each character yeah 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 but uh we can we can see about that the there's something else that we did though which we haven't mentioned here is that we ran taskmaster is it really a role-playing game? No. Well, the first time it was put in the frame of paranoia. Yes, but that was not this year. No. This time it was just Taskmaster for the sake of being Taskmaster. If you're not familiar with it, I do encourage you to look it up. Um, there are many seasons from many places, uh, many countries now. Um, it is a... Oh. Yeah. I mean, I still uh, he got a wax seal and sealed uh, envelopes for the tasks. Um, it is a wonderful good time to play, but uh, it's like it's such a break from what we typically do that we'd have to change ourselves to like Taskmaster Clinic or something. I, I mean, knowing what our schedule is looking at mm -hmm. coming up, there may very well be a chance that there could be a Taskmaster in the next couple of months. Um, it's the, the difficulty in Taskmaster for us is uh, coming up with the tasks, because it takes some time to come up with tasks that are original enough that you know aren't just direct ripoffs from the television show or mm -hmm. whatever, but also the tasks that we can do here on camera. Um, at one point we were thinking that we would try to do a Taskmaster with like filmed tasks elsewhere uh, and then bring them in here and then react to them like a panel show similar to how the actual Taskmaster is done. But that's a ton of work. And while for this, it might even be worth it. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot harder to do in the winter time around here. Uh, yeah. Well, it's also just the question of finding time that aligns in our schedules throughout the week that isn't the weekend um, as we are here. 
you know, we're playing Pandemic Season Zero at the moment. Soon we're going to be preparing for whatever games, short or long, we may be playing um, their stream. And then there's either getting home or going to sleep. Yeah. Um, so it's also finding that time to... Scott gets so excited and he's hard to settle down afterwards. No, he probably undid like six weeks of Invisalign with those bread thrashings. <laughs> Thank you, Ellie Spot, for those gifts. Um, but I, I do want to say that like, I know we've been talking about some of our shortfalls, but I do think that I had fun every single week. Um, whether it was, um, uh, I don't know, fuck it's Dracula. I don't really remember much about the plot. I just remember having a ton of fun with how silly it was. Uh, I remember that um, All Out of Bubblegum, it was the first time I had played it. I know others at the table had played it. I know John often will run, to, like uh, go to it, but. All Out of Bubblegum is what I ran when we were, uh, we had, we, we knew for full party, which we did over on Beatnuck's channel. Um, Amir was somebody who I, I knew I wanted to do, but I wanted to try role playing with him first. You know, it's like a screen test. Yeah. Uh, when you're committing to something that's a big deal, you want to make sure that you have some, some chemistry there. So I ran all out of bubblegum for Amir, Liz and Scott, uh, and that went over delightfully yeah uh, and with Jess it was dread mm -hmm. which we also played this year which we also played uh, but those are two games that you can kind of pick up and bang it, yeah. it really works yeah um, so that's something that I think um, I want people to take with them forward into the next year is to remember that there are so many one shots out there that are one pagers or two pagers or one paragraph basically in the sense of all out of bubblegum um, that it, there are ways to introduce friends that like board games but maybe haven't role played, or for people that are role play experts but you just don't want to go through all of the prep and the planning and the learning, and you just want to play a game this weekend or this evening or whenever. Um, there's 200 word RPGs, there's story brewers, um, there's all kinds of people who have published now through itch, um, and just search one shot. RPG and there will be so many answers out there. Or you just look to somebody in your own playgroup who made their own. Uh, that's true. So a um, few months ago, for a while now, I've been kicking around a stupid idea and it clicked over the summer that I should make it into a one-shot RPG and that is major problem. It is a pun-based RPG uh, where you are playing uh, a group of individuals in some sort of military base undefined to be defined by the group and there is a problem that you have to solve. So Captain Obvious is going to point out what's wrong and uh, uh, General Idea is going to think up some things but um, Private Parts is going to... I don't know. Right? Uh, so that's basically the gist of it. You come up with some problems, pun based, you come up with some problems. Uh, what was it? Oh, major flaw is allergic to all the food. Um, stuff like that, right? You come up with some problems. You, there are some simple dice mechanics with D6 to uh, try to solve the problem. Once you overcome all the stuff, hooray, you've solved the problem. But, um... <laughs> Ellie Spot, you... you... No, shoot. you are 
absolutely correct. So let's just throw that up there. Do you know of a review resource for one shots? Because sometimes people publish with no playtesting and it sucks to pick up a game like that. Yeah, so this is what the, the plan is when we stream it, uh, is that it is a stream of my playtest um, in that you're all going to be there and I would love your feedback, but it's also just I've guessed at what dice mechanics might be interesting, but I have no idea, so I need to play it. Um, I don't necessarily know of a review resource for one-shots personally, but one thing that I will say is that the 200-word RPGs, um, they haven't done it for the last few years, but there were four or five years where they were doing this, where they would pick a few winners and each um, judge would pick their top 10 or whatever and write like a paragraph about the game, which is almost as long as the game, uh, which is how we found, fuck, it's Dracula. Uh, and there are a few others that I've saved that are of interest that we haven't necessarily gone to, but at least those have had a bit of peer review to them. Um, because absolutely, sometimes someone will throw out an RPG and you read it and you're like, oh, this is neat. And then we sit down and we're like, wait, how does this work? I don't understand. And then you wasted your time because they didn't invest theirs. Uh, word of mouth is often mm -hmm. a great way to do uh, one-shots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, RPG Geek exists, but I'm not sure how great they are for one-shots specifically. Um, the other thing about one-shots is that they often are very niche. Mm -hmm. And niche can be great, but if it's not a niche that appeals to you, people are going to rate it down. Mm -hmm. And if it's a niche that does appeal to you, people are going to rate it up even if the mechanics aren't great. Yeah, yeah board, it's Board Game Geek. Um, RPG Geek is their mm -hmm. sister site. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, for instance, uh, Kate and I played um, Hot Gay Bro Dragons. Yeah. And we adored playing Hot Gay Bro Dragons, uh, partially because we like the comics that they're based on. Um, but it, it isn't necessarily something that I would recommend to everybody. Uh, games like uh, All Out of Bubblegum mm -hmm. are lots of great fun, but if you're not really into violence yeah. at all, then the, it doesn't work because the game is based on the fact that eventually everyone just has to solve everything by kicking ass. Mm -hmm. There's no other option. You cannot yeah. do anything but kick ass. Yeah. So the that is, that is something there, especially because as um, role-playing games have become huge in the queer space, mm -hmm. and which is magnificent, but at the same time, there can be very niche things in the queer space that uh, may not appeal to you if you don't have direct uh, either experience, experience yeah. or at least uh, 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 an indirect experience mm -hmm. with that to, with that significant niche. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're all. One thing I'll up. say about um, one shots is that. Um, something that's one of our qualifiers is that it has to be very short, um, one to four pages. Uh, anything more than that, and it's too much effort required to learn it and prepare for it before you actually get to sit down and play it, then it should become a mini campaign. Um, no. Things like Good Society, which we did run as a one-shot, but it's a big enough, developed enough system that we are planning to come back to it either as Good Society or Gothic Society in the future. Um, because it's it's a book, it's a book, um, and there you folks have suggested a lot, and some of them you gave glowing reviews for. But there's so much to learn that 
to us often we'll pick one shots as the thing we throw together while we're learning another system to get ready for a campaign. Um, so the ones that we tend to play are those one pagers. Oh, lasers and feelings. I, that might not have been this year. It might have been last year, but that's another one page RPG. So it's easy to pick up. No. Um, I don't want to invest six hours to learn a game that's going to last two. I think that there's also something about there are some one shots that I can absolutely recommend that you play once. Mm -hmm. But that's it. The very important task. I think is a fun game, yeah. but after one session, I'm like, I have seen all I need to see of yeah. this. Yeah. Still, wonderful to play, have yeah. a lot of fun, but the system isn't exactly complicated, and it's solvable. It's not, yeah, it's also not broad or vague enough, as, as opposed to all out of bubblegum. I also wouldn't want to play that like every week, but I feel like I can go back to that once a year, because it's like you're kicking butt and chewing bubblegum. Yeah, the system, um, all out of bubblegum basically is here is a problem or a scenario and here's the mechanic that you can use to do that and the fun is in go, having your character slide from a reasonable person to mm -hmm. an ass kicker. Mm -hmm. um, but the very important task, for instance, it has multiple pathways to victory, mm -hmm. as it were, but in the end it just kind of comes down to did I roll the dice the way that I wanted to? Yeah. And so it's not really about... Like, there is some role-playing involved in there, but it's not something that I'd be like, oh yeah, well, I want to play this again, but with mm -hmm. this instead, like, or this scenario, it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why games like Dread, um, Starcrossed also falls under this, I find, yeah. where the mechanics are interesting enough, and you can vary what the game is enough mm -hmm. that it's definitely fun to pick up twice, three times, which is why those games get away with being books, mm -hmm. even though they're designed as one-shots. Yeah, like specifically Starcrossed, Starcrossed is like 20-something pages, but it's like large font, pictures in between, and a lot of it it's just like, here's the step. Here's explaining the step that you probably could have guessed from the title, but we've gone to the effort of making sure that it's very clear what the step is. Yeah. Um, so you read it once, and then you can just look at the, like, worksheet or whatever that's one page and that's all you need you can also run that or even dread mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. run it with one person having read the book and everyone else you can kind Following. of explain what's important in yeah. 10 minutes and then as things come up mm -hmm. you can say oh well this is the way that we interpret that yeah so those work but when you also have games that you haven't play tested like what ellie mm -hmm. spot and kung fu fenris are mentioning in terms of like live action role play games it's unfair to bring something that hasn't been play tested, first of all, if you're charging for it, you should play test it first. I feel pretty strongly about that. Mm -hmm. um, or at the very least, make it absolutely clear that this game is in early access and you intend on refining the product. Mm -hmm. But it's also, remember that the cost is there, whether or not you're asking people to pay you directly. If it's a live action role playing game and you're coming from another country and you have to find a place to sleep, you have to get your costume ready. You've got to bring your equipment. You're going to be sleeping potentially outside, right? Like there's a lot of things that can happen. There's a lot of investment that goes into it. Mm -hmm. If you're asking people to invest a significant amount of time into a game and you're not sure it'll work, that's a rough sell. Mm -hmm. It can be really tough to, to, to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer in play testing, whether it's a one-pager or a hundred-pager. Um, but the more 
the more you're asking, like you said, more time, more effort you're asking people to invest in. Same thing like if it's your friends that are over every week and you play board games, hey, instead of this board game, can we play this thing? Great, that's not as much of an investment as, hey, 50 people all come to this farm and you better be wearing these specific types of armor. If you aren't, they don't count as armor points and like you need to have like real this, but not that. Like there are so many rules that end up going to LARPs and there are good re reasons for them. But the more specifics you're asking of people to invest, like thinking about the preparation and the time to get there and the money that it costs to have already own those or maintain them or acquire them rather than just, hey, can we all go to this park and, or like do a practice LARP sitting at, around a table, right? Come to my house, I'll order pizza. We're gonna stand up and pretend that we're out in a field. Play test it. You don't need to run around, run around, like say, I am running across this entire field. Skip. Okay, was that interesting? Would you have enjoyed that if you actually ran across a field? Like practice. <laughs> Ellie Spot mentions yeah. also in a time when layout and publishing skills can be very different yeah. from game quality. I cannot stress this enough. Mm -hmm. The biggest issue that I ran into when I was doing things like the web series LARPs mm -hmm. is that I don't enjoy marketing myself at all. Um, I really struggle with coming up with the motivation to post on places like Reddit or game forums or discords about what I'm working on so that other people can come in and, and read it. So the thing that I would recommend to anybody is think about marketing and about how you're gonna do it and about how you have to set aside money to do that as well if you wanna do it to a significant degree. But the other thing is, uh, I will not read your game if it's not edited correctly. If it's laid out poorly, it's gonna be a tough slog for me. Having a, a beautifully published PDF or book matters so much and it's, it is frustrating because I'm sure that there are so many great ideas out there that I will not look at because I don't want to spend the mental effort to parse a manuscript mm -hmm. as opposed to a book. Well, even Essence, like I know that part of our difficulty with it was just that it was the manuscript. There weren't any tables there. Like it, it was a work in progress. Like we totally understand why it was a manuscript, but if that's how you publish your own RPG, like as a published version, there's just too much information. It's like, there's a reason why game books, the layout is such an art. Like I want to shout out, oh, of course we only, it doesn't exist in print version. Um, but no, uh, um, but like even L5R, right? Like there are tables, right? There are tables for information. There's some color coding, there's some symbols. Everything's broken down into little paragraphs. I can't tell whether this is too bright or whether it's just our TV screen, but there are little paragraphs with subject headings and all of that, right? A good index? Good index is huge. Search for good PDFs indexes. that are searchable if you're submitting a PDF. Um, but that's all a whole different set of skills than necessarily coming up with a good game, right? Yeah. But it is important that the information be parsable. And that's part of why I think I love 200 word RPGs is because again, they're all printed in like um, courier. They're all one page. Um, they're allowed, like everyone was limited to the same form factor, but because they're short enough, the simplicity of the layout doesn't matter as much, but people still put paragraph breaks and put like point form sometimes and things like that. They use their 200 words, but it was, 
effective. Orangia mentions flavor text instead of actual information. Yes. If you're putting flavor text, it should be something that helps me understand the world or understand the mechanic. If you're putting flavor text in there because you want to show how great a creative writer you are, you're probably doing it wrong. And that sucks because there's some real value in some good creative writing. But I look at, I look at a book and it has a story in it and it's clear that somebody's put a lot of investment and time into this story, but it doesn't teach me anything about the world. Um, and without that, it just doesn't work for me. But I will say that like, oh yeah, I'm gonna restart my sentence. Um, something that I do did find, I initially bounced back a bit from was um, looking at the Kith books for Changeling was that so much of it is flavor text. And even I remember Changeling second, um, it starts with this story that's about a child or from a child's perspective. Child. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, I am not seven. Like this does, I'm not connecting. And because it's written for like from the perspective of that age group, it pushed me away from everything that was behind it. And it's the same thing with the Kith books was that there'd be those paragraphs. And because the books are all about flavor, it makes sense, but they're definitely, you have to know when that should be used and how to use it so that you aren't being like, oh, welcome to the chapter about the rules. My name's Bob and I was playing with the ball and I kicked it and it fell off of a cliff. Like, <laughs> no, when I get to the book about rules, I'd like to start with, okay, this is a game about um, finding lost items. And then you put the flavor text on the next page, right? Like, yeah. Flavor text, it, like I said, if it's contributing to my understanding of the world, great. But what you mentioned, for yeah. instance, the story at the beginning of Changeling the Dreaming second edition, yeah. it teaches me about the universe, except that it's teaching me about like, here's a bunch of kids running around. And this is a World of Darkness game. Mm -hmm. And I think that that goes a very long way towards having people having picked up the book when they're used to reading Vampire or Werewolf mm -hmm. or Mage and being like, this is for kids, and yeah. they close the book. Yeah. Even though the themes of Changeling can be still quite dark if you want them to be, mm -hmm. or they can be quite bright if mm -hmm. you want them to be. It's one of the most versatile of the World of Darkness games, but that flavor text can lead you down the wrong path right away. Yeah. And that is frustrating. I also can say that um, if I'm reading rules text, mm -hmm. sometimes it will be written in the voice of a character, yeah. and that can work, but it very often just makes me be like, I don't want you to write like this. Yeah. I want you to write things so that I understand the rules clearly. Uh, What's your intention? As Rangia said, uh, if I want to read flavor texts, I'll read a novel, and that's the thing. Like, I know that it's been done masterfully by certain, in certain RPG texts, and I can understand the desire to emulate that, but so few people are going to be good at making games, like, and communicating clear rules and writing interesting flavor text that is going to explain those rules. Like, that's such a specific niche of skills. To attempt it, you're so likely to muddy the waters and end up with, you know, stuff that doesn't convey the information clearly and isn't necessarily as interesting as you want it to be. I'll also point out that sometimes you can be a wonderful mechanics designer mm -hmm. and you can't write flavor text for shit. Uh, or vice versa. Or vice versa. And it is it is sometimes, like, I hate doing this, but mm -hmm. I've had to, in my job, to told somebody, this story isn't good. 
Yeah. And when you have to tell somebody, hey, this thing that you worked really hard on is just not up to snuff, then sometimes that crushes people and they just yeah. never want to come back to it. Yeah. And I get it. But it comes back to way out. Like, I don't, this isn't such a big thing, but there's just this little yellow box down here that's about the world flavor. But because it's a different color, and because they do that consistently throughout the book, and I've seen this in other RPG books, you know that that's flavor so that you can get through reading the rest of the page or you can jump to it immediately or between paragraphs, whatever your brain wants to do. But rather than just sticking it in so that it looks like it's important, when it is useful flavor, but it's not like knowing where it belongs, where that information belongs is such a skill set. The better kith books do the same thing. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to something that Ellie Spot said just because I, I wanna make sure that uh, this is covered. Uh, in reference to typically super low prep, show up and learn the game, play and rap in six hours, live action role playing games. The thing about LARPs versus tabletop games is that they take a lot more investment, not just, because some people, for instance, the main reason they want to LARP is because they like costuming. Mm -hmm. They like to come up with costume bits, which costs money and it costs time. You get your makeup on, you get your costume ready, it falls apart, you redo it. You get to the event, you have to redo it again. You have to find a place to put your costume on in a dingy porta potty, like in the middle of nowhere. But the other thing is that LARPs having more people there are often a much bigger emotional investment or um, just straight up introversion, extroversion investment that some people just aren't as comfortable doing. Um, I can hang out with Kate and Liz and Scott and it's easy. Mm -hmm. But it asked me to hang out with a hundred people, most of whom I either don't know at all or have seen only in the context of other live action role playing games, and now I'm investing. And if you say that this investment is your whole day, because six hours, let's face it, that's basically your whole day because the, of the prep getting there mm. and then coming back. But it's, so it's a monetary investment for costumes and stuff, or if you're going out, then you're probably, you know, eating somewhere else. But then also, instead of a relaxing time with a few friends, now it's a, you know, you're in this. Mm -hmm. For some people that is a huge investment to ask them to make. And if you haven't even play tested your game, you're in for having somebody maybe not looking upon you very fondly. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're asking people to come out for an event, especially, specifically if it's something you made, um, you have to tell people the first time that you're playing it, right? Hey, this is new. This is like, I really want you to be here and I want you to have a good time, but there might be some rough edges that need sanding that I haven't found yet. It's just that self-awareness and it's the courtesy to the people that you're asking. Rather than being like, guys, I made this thing, it's amazing. And you're gonna have so much fun, show up and you should all dress like pirates and we're gonna have a pirate game and, uh, you know, uh, we're all gonna have seafood because it's a pirate game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I have no idea whether this works very well and it turns out that anyone that, you know, played the bosun wins and the captains are useless. Sucks to be you, people who thought being a captain was gonna be cool. You literally can't do anything and you sat there all day looking at the people who were allowed to eat seafood but because none of the servants had to serve you, you couldn't even eat, ha ha ha. Like, whatever. I'm completely making shit up here but like that's the... I'm just here for it I know right but like it's that's it it's I guess so it's something as a player to be aware of as Grab well some of the cards cards the 
Yeah. We can actually say that this is something that we've been taking to heart. Yeah. So these are one of the versions of our safety cards. Mm -hmm. We've been working on these safety cards, which are just three pieces of something for years now. And it's only in the next month or so that we're going to be able to tell if we can if we're ready for release. Mm -hmm. And it's we're we're we design these cards that will be available for purchase. Uh, we're going to have a free download so you can just make your own. Um, but even the wordings on these cards and how they're used and why we walked around for a couple of weeks with pieces of plastic in our pockets just to see whether the cards that we were planning on having them printed would survive well enough so that they wouldn't look like garbage if they got crunched up. Mm -hmm. We have done, and we know that this is probably going to be a first release and we'll have to, you know, reconfigure. But the, the thing about these is that we put a lot of effort into the tiny things. These cards have little, you can see there, you see how they have little tiny symbols in the field in the background? Yeah. We thought that might be a good idea. Some of them had QR codes in the corners. I don't know whether Not that's that ones. particular set, no. but yeah. Um, but those didn't quite work. We're looking for ways for people to get to the um, our webpage that would have like the fully detailed rules. Um, but we also have our rules cards somewhere. Um, yeah, and those you can find them. we agonized over as well, like trying to fit the everything that you would need to know. I think we've I've mirrored our camera, but everything we would need to know. Um, into just one single card that we can put in a pack of uh, five sets would be 15 and the 16th card, which is um, sort of a default package size with some of the card makers. Um, the 16th card being a rules card. Um, so that people, that's all they need, right? You read this once, you pass it around, you have it, you know, at your gaming table. If people, you read, you know, what we do, our play, pause, stop, text, but like during the game, this is all you need. And if you're out there in a LARP, this fits into a pocket and like maybe TMI for some, but it can also be shoved into a bra and doesn't hurt, um, which was part of why we picked this material. Because LARP specifically, you don't always have pockets, or if you do, they're not gonna be very big. Um, and they might get folded or whatever. Um, so it's specifically just to be able to have them on hand during a LARP. But we play tested these to hell and back. We're still like, that's why as simple as they are, we've been sitting on them for years. Mm -hmm. We did not want to release something with our name on it uh, and sort of feel like everyone else has just kind of come away and be like, I don't know. So uh, we put a lot of thought into this. We will be still soliciting feedback, but at least now we're approaching what we consider a release candidate, like mm -hmm. a, a version 1.0. Um, and even then, even if people will come back with feedback that we might incorporate and stuff like that, at least we won't feel badly with, for the people who ended up with the originals. Our, uh, our production is coming in. It's, yeah. it's being printed now. Mm -hmm. We're getting a few of them in here. We're gonna see if we like them. And then if we do, uh, then we're gonna have our official release. Yeah. So, but that's the thing, especially because they're safety related, we didn't want to irresponsibly, you know, a month after we started using them and decided they were amazing, like we started talking about them on streams. We started like using them, encouraging people to use these or other safety tools, but we didn't 
have the audacity to say, great, we've solved the X card, we've solved lines and veils, we've solved everything, go out there, use our thing. Like play testing is so important, more important with safety cards, but it's still so important because you are asking people to invest their themselves, right? Role playing is vulnerability. Um, so to ask people to come out there and LARP or to play a role playing game to inhabit a universe without checking to see that it's like at least slightly functional or at least not warning people in advance of what they're going into. It's just not responsible. So there's something that we were kind of playtesting while we were doing it in the middle. We were constantly tweaking and fiddling with it. That was our Disconcordia. Mm -hmm. So this year we did not start it. It started last year in August, but this year, throughout this year, we were playing a 24 seven uh, Discord role-playing game based in the same universe as Changeling the Streaming, uh, which we call Disconcordia. And it came to an end a week ago. Yep. Um, and I hope that we made it clear enough that this was a new idea and that we were developing it as we went along. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was a huge learning experience for, I think, everyone. But it was a wonderful ride. Um, but in the nature of it being 24-7, it was omnipresent. We, so this year, it, it actually ended up uh, that for both, both of us, uh, <laughs> we, we fell out of it. We, yeah. we didn't have the time to, to yeah. put into it what we once did. Because uh, you were in a job that gave you the free time and then you switched jobs. I was in a job that demanded a lot less mental capacity mm -hmm. and energy. Mm -hmm. um, so even things like playing in a break or whatever was possible, but also playing after work was relatively easy because I wasn't putting forward nearly as much energy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I changed jobs. Yeah. And that changed my relationship with how much time I could spend on things. Mm -hmm. um, and that made it difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And for me, like part of this was born out of the endless lockdowns. Um, and I spent an entire month learning enough Python to code our Discord bot. And I'm very proud of it. And I'm very proud of the updated version I made this year. But um, that kind of free time evaporated as theater started opening up again. And I had a really great year career-wise. So I'm very happy with that. But uh, it did mean less and less time for your Disc Concordia. Um, and it was just a thing that I always felt like I should be paying more attention to and I didn't have the time for. I mean, I, I never stopped being around specifically. I was doing a lot of behind the scenes work. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing private a lot of channels. rulings, private channels, uh, you know, consulting. Yeah. But uh, I didn't have as much time to play in character mm -hmm. uh, as I did. And I. But I, I think that even if we still had the time, mm -hmm. um, it was a very intense yep. game. And at, at a certain point, I sort of feel like that it was time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the hardest thing, and I've, I've experienced this in the games that I've run on here. I've experienced it in games that I've run outside of here. I've experienced it just in my professional life. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to resist the urge to drive things into the ground. Yeah. Um, 
ending something too early and having everybody say, that was amazing, I really wish there was more, is so much better than, yeah, I had some good time until the dark times. Yeah. Well, and I think that was something that we were finding as STs was that we weren't like, okay, well, the freehold's under threat for the fifth time. Like, there's only so many times you can do certain things without it feeling repetitive or stale. So there were certain storylines or there were just certain circumstances based on the universe we were coming from or the things that we had established that there was fewer and fewer avenues that we felt that excited to explore as an ST team. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that rather than scraping the bottom of the barrel or rehashing stuff with a different sticker on it, we did opt to say, no, this, this is where we're at. This is what we've done. Let's end it with something that we're like, let's end it as something that everyone had fun with rather than something that we let get stale. Um. I am just seeing here, just I'm pulling this up because I wanted to see how many uh, we did 40 separate revisions to our player's guide for this game. Um, and it was, uh, it was something that we were iterating on so much. Um, so that's that's something that we were mm -hmm. kind of working on as well. You were working very much on the tech side, on mm -hmm. the on the bot, uh, a bot that we could have just gone with a standard dice roller and it would have been fine. Okay. We even found a dice roller that could track some stats, but it didn't do it well. It didn't. For it also didn't have nightmare. Like it, it was the bot maker like decided to do all of World of Darkness and um, COD, I think so, yeah. um, which was great, but they had like. 75% of every system, which kind of meant that it, didn't do it wasn't well. enough for any, like I think Vampire was pretty much done. Um, but yeah, it was like super exciting and they were still working on it and stuff, but their, their timeline for finishing Changeling wasn't soon enough for us. And I knew enough about coding, just enough to get into trouble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we ended up doing what we wanted and it gave us things like profiles and stuff that like specific requests. And when I made the second version, it was nice that rather than using a tool or adding seven different bots to sort of cobble together, um, that we were able to just take, okay, folks, here's everything that happens. What do you wish could be done? And actually being able to realize those requests was so nice. It had, like there were some absolutely wonderful moments in that game. Um, I'm very, very happy to not just see the moments that I was involved in, but to see moments that other people just created on their own. Um, the, yeah, do that, co yeah. Um But I, I also know that uh, there are things that I'm just gonna remember, right? Mm -hmm. Like one of the things, one of the reasons I'm so happy that we have the wiki uh, is because there are things that happen in like Exalt Witch and in Changeling that I just don't remember because so much happened. Yeah. And I kind of have to drop things from my mind to make room for other things. So the fact that it's also in text and that we can go back and look at it is, that's a lot of fun. Um, one thing that I will say though, is that there were, we, we went to a lot of effort to try to make sure that the hard parts were hidden from the players um 
we were open at least about like when things happened that we were disappointed with mm -hmm. but there were a lot and i mean a lot of times where we would just have to get together and it wasn't fun it was that we have to figure something out mm -hmm. there's a problem mm -hmm. we've got to solve this problem mm -hmm. and i think that if anybody is considering doing something like this in the future you should um you should understand uh that you can be you can basically run this game in one of two ways you can run it hands off and not care if bad things are happening or hope that everything is going to be fine or you can care about it and therefore make it your problem mm -hmm. um that and i'm not saying that the second one is absolutely better uh it's better for the kind of games that i want to play in but oof, but it it's can be rough. mentally taxing yeah yeah there are definitely times where you know, every week and be like, okay, we need to talk about this. We need to solve that. We need to guide this. And okay, we need to build towards that. But in order to do that, we need to make sure that these things are, don't become problems. It was a lot of, like, there was buckets of fun to be had, but there were definitely phases where it was a responsibility. And sometimes that was a heavy responsibility. Um, but also a lot of fun it's a lot easier to handle heavy responsibility when you have less responsibility in your real life yes uh and and having we a were, team though it was yeah. so nice to have the four of us and sometimes you know one of us would just be like i do not have time but i trust you guys and that was completely fine because there were three others to like yeah. still have people help carry the load of those tough decisions one of the things we had is in our storyteller chat uh if we had something that we needed to communicate on the whole we needed to get two other storytellers to put a check mark on it. Mm -hmm. So you didn't need all three because sometimes somebody just wasn't available mm -hmm. or they, or literally they just said, I don't have the capacity to deal with this right now. I'm busy. I'm too close to it. I yeah. don't have the emotional space to handle it. So other people can handle it right now. And that worked out well for us. Uh, and it, it is something that I'll just, that I'll just note um, that all of us were getting busier as we started to get more work coming out of the pandemic. But it then got to the point where I had to stop playing in order to mm. spend all of my effort on the other things. Yeah. And if I, and then at that point I started realizing this isn't as much fun as it once was for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started wondering about uh, what I could do to, to make it better. And the answer ended up being uh, to evaluate whether we needed to start sunsetting. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's also it. Like if if there's one hour of work a day to keep it running, and you go from having like eight hours a day to two hours a day, if half of your time is the work part, right? Like that, and that's just life balance. That's just how things go. Yeah. Um, Spot, I super appreciate the offer, but in order to make it available to other people unless I'm asking them all to like download and install Python and learn how to launch an app and have it running, um, I would have to be hosting it somewhere. And that is like just an upfront cost that I'm not willing to invest in. So I super, super appreciate the offer, but I just, at this time in my life, I don't see myself hosting Discord bots for other people to use, unless it's like one of you. Or actively supporting. Yeah, or something that I'm working on. Yeah. The, I think that if somebody was comfortable enough to know how to run a Discord bot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you know how to 
install Python, install libraries, and launch an app, like launch a Python script and run it, great, I can make that work. But like, yeah. Avatar of Kane, just ask anything you yeah, want. Yeah, we it's haven't fine. gone over too much of what was posted. If there's duplication, we'll just let you know. Yeah, I believe this is still the Disconcordia segment, so if you don't care about Disconcordia, skip ahead. <laughs> yeah. Or stay and learn something. Yeah, we'll come back. We've yeah. got other things to talk about, but we did have a couple of questions coming on Discord. We're gonna answer some of them quickly. Uh, skip if you're watching the VOD. Come yeah, if you're uh, here live too bad, you gotta deal one, with it. One thing that I will say though is that um, we're not really going to be answering a whole lot of lore questions today or like in character stuff because mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people here who are here for the retrospective and didn't play in Disconcordia. So yeah. hearing about specific plot lines is probably not what we're going to be doing. Uh, but I'm going to reveal one. Uh, Avatar of Kane did ask, in the end, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, who killed Zoe? Uh, on Samhain, it was Edgewick. Edgewick killed Zoe. Um, the, there was no secret kind of uh, hidden cabal of people. Uh, Edgewick was, did not want to kill Zoe, nine days out of 10, uh, but it was Sawain. And you indulge in your own Seely side and he decided to chimerically kill Zoe because he thought that he could get away with getting some things like uh, her cell phone. Um, Zoe was trying to identify who her killer was, uh, but again, it's Sawain and that stuff does not last until the following morning. Yeah. So that's the one kind of lore thing that I'll get into because it was fast to do. Yeah, but um, he, he didn't remember doing it. Like, she couldn't remember it happening. Like, that's the, the magic of yeah. Samhain is that no one remembered. So it wasn't just someone lying. No yeah. one knew. And it, he wouldn't have tried to do it again. No. So Mia asked us, what did you enjoy the most? Which were your favorite moments? What did you learn? What didn't you see coming? And what made you laugh, cry, or give you feels? We kind of covered a lot of this just now. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that what I enjoyed the most was seeing a lot of people experience games like this that they hadn't experienced before and loving it. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a lot of great comments about it, um, about the kind of game that we were running on here. Yeah. And I think that was my favorite. Uh, it was... Like, I'm sorry that this was the case, but it was nice to see people who had had negative roleplay experiences, um, people that weren't good with consent in terms of mind control or um, just general, like, player, like, communication and stuff like that. And I'm very thankful that what, at least what we've heard, is that broadly speaking, people seem to have um, felt more comfortable between the safety tools, between our presence, between the private chats and the one-on-one -on -one chats, encouraging play to happen on server so that we were always there to step in if someone needed it. Um, so I, I hope that people take this experience and bring it forward into other gaming experiences. And whether that's bringing safety tools or being better about communication or knowing that games can be the way they want them to be and thus pushing back when something gets towards something that they don't want to experience. Like, I hope that this enriches their gaming experience going forward. So to tack onto that, one of my favorite moments is that we had a private channel which only storytellers could see, and it had a notification. It was the one channel that would notify me anytime anybody posted at all ever in it, um, which was the Bot Digest channel. And its main purpose was if somebody used a safety card, all four of us would know. Yeah. And then we could rush 
yeah. in to yeah. see if there was something that we could do to help. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we didn't need to. Mm -hmm. People were handling it on their own, which was great. But I loved being there for somebody who was like, I was here to have fun and now I don't know if I'm having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And then we could put them back on the path to fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. so affirming. Yeah. And it was so nice to see. Like initially there was some uncertainty around the, the safety tools, which is fine. They're a new thing, right? And in a new format, using them in tech space in a specific channel within this multi-channel server. Um, but yeah, moving forward, whenever there would be like in the last at least six months probably whenever there was a safety card used you know we'd rush in and we'd see people being like oh pause by the way let's not continue this subject any further and then the other people would be like yeah totally makes sense sorry for getting so close great we're gonna continue boom 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 everyone's good scene continues and we're all like good job everyone we're here if you need us back into the shadows oh, that was that was honestly yeah some of the best stuff I will, um, in response to some of Mia's uh, questions there that you had thrown up, um, one of the big things that I want to highlight was um, the festival early on. We had posed a challenge to the Freehold. Um, we didn't tell them how it had to be solved. They came up with ideas. There were lots of ideas. Um, there was one that was really insane that was like way off the wall that people pushed back against it pulled up so much drama but so much of it was player created so many people figured out ways that they could contribute people figured out ways they pulled each other into participating in one way or another there were things for people who were good with weapons things for them to do things that people that were good with arts people that were just good at their skills whether it was music puzzles. or puzzles or whatever like the players themselves helped each other have fun as much as we were there to push things along or guide or add in suggestions where they needed and we were running the meta mega plot that was going on underneath it it was just so nice to see everyone finding ways to come together and i feel like that like the first few months or the first month it wasn't long before that event but everyone was finding their feet meeting each other's characters and stuff but that culminated and I feel like at least player to player there was a lot more um, comfort in part, like working together even if character to character there was still headbutton. Requiem Lost mentions uh, one thing I greatly appreciate was near the end of the server I fell under some serious stress I was able to express that and without even any discussion Liz jumped in and said seriously don't worry about it we have this it was so very reassuring um, yeah uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this not to and I'm, I want to say it because it was a joy to be able to do this and it's not a complaint. Um, there was actually something that was going to happen to your character, Requiem, um, towards the end of the server, which I stopped because you had mentioned that you were under some stress. It was something that was going to be very specifically about your character. It involved the way that you treated Incisor. Um, and then we just didn't do it because I was like, I don't need to put additional stress on you right now. But the way that I knew that is because you were open about saying, mm -hmm. right now, I got a lot of stress. Yeah. And fantastic. Yeah. And I know that others did that. Like so many people had big and small life events going on, whether it was just a bad day or, you know, a baby. a baby, like, you know, waiting for the baby or the baby being brand new and thus not having any sleep. Like that's probably the big, big scale item. But even just bad days or like not sleeping well or whatever, those were such good things to know 
uh, and some people were really open about it. They would come into their private channel and be like, hey folks, things are bad. Could we not like, could we put this situation on hold for a while without my character having repercussions? And because people were like willing to reach out to us, of course we wanted to accommodate that. So thank you so much for using your word holes when you were able to, because it would mean that, oh, uh, well, you know, we said you were gonna have this conversation today and you know, I don't care that, you know, your baby was born uh, today. Otherwise, you know, the whole freehold's gonna explode. Uh, 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 like, no. Yeah, okay, also Pukajutsu being in the hospital for a long time as well, right? Like, fuck, we just wanna play with you guys when you're available and when you have the spoons to play, not when you are in the shit of the things that life can throw at you. Like, and that's something that I encourage folks to do at their own tables and using cards like these. There are times that you have seen us be like, hey, by the way, um, you know, I've had a week, uh, let's pull it back. And usually we have those conversations off stream beforehand. Sometimes we'll make a point of repeating it on stream, sometimes we won't. Um, but it's just so important. There's so much fun to be had. It's wonderful when you want to have those intense moments to have them, but it's awful to be thrown into those intense moments when your stress level is already up to here. Yeah. Even something as simple as, yeah. as Requiem saying, like one day yeah. I woke up sick, yeah. What's the point of playing a game if it's not fun? Yeah. And what's the point in punishing somebody over something they don't have any control over? Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, today we were supposed to stream the Blades in the Dark Froyo and Liz and Scott booked a gig and we cannot, we're not in a position where we're like, no, you turned down that gig. Yeah. You were spoken for also, on Sunday. Like, <laughs> like, I'm very happy for them. They both booked the same gig. So like, that's a really good, you know, career thing and monetary thing. Of course they're like, of course we're gonna do something else. <sighs> yeah. So it is it is something that I, I really strongly recommend for everybody. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a tabletop game. Hey, uh, you know what? Today, look, I had a rough fucking week. Could we just not do X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, yep. And it's just it's just better. Mm -hmm. The I was running a LARP once and there was a wedding planned. I probably have mentioned this at one point years ago. There was a wedding planned between um, an NPC and a PC and the whole session was around this wedding. And the person who was getting married had decided not to show up to the LARP that day. And we were waiting around because we didn't know what was happening. And then eventually we managed to get into touch with him and he was like, oh, I just, I don't know. I just, I just didn't feel like coming in today. And that's, that was a situation in which we kind of were like, dude, you knew that yeah. today was all about you and you didn't even tell us you weren't yeah. coming. And then he was like, okay, I guess I'll... And he like got himself together and he rushed out and he showed up and it worked out. And in the end it was fine. But like, if he had told us in advance, I'm not coming because mm. I had a bad day, at least we could do something about it then. Yeah. So it's just better to yeah. fall on that side because... There's so much that you can do. And if you're also, if you're the kind of person who's like, well, my games are hardcore and I don't care if you had a bad day. I'm not gonna make things easy on you just because, or uh, you don't wanna die in the game. Well, there has to be a threat of death or else the game doesn't matter. Well, then you can go fuck yourself. Cause that game is not for us. Like, yeah. yeah, just try to be forward about that stuff so that people can say, have a nice life and go play with someone else. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we did have a situation actually specifically with a wedding um, where one person was supposed to officiate and uh, I don't know whether they were able to communicate beforehand um, that they in the end weren't able to because we're also dealing with time zones. It was really cool. We had players from literally around the world. Um, and so at the last minute, um, you know, it was like, okay, great. If this person doesn't show up, I think you should ask this player. And that player was thrilled. And that character was even more thrilled as far as I can tell. Um, and so it, it, we were able to solve for it because we were aware like, okay, if this person's supposed to do it. They aren't getting back to us. We're worried that something has come up because things have been like topsy-turvy in their life. So we were aware of that potential. So we were able to solve for it. And it's just so much better to be able to solve for it than to, you know, punish someone for not showing up. Like, no one punished the person who wasn't able to make it in the end. Like, at all. There was never any flack about it. Like, there was, oh, I wish you, you know, I wish you could have made it. That was it. And, like, that's just because everyone liked, everyone liked everyone. But everyone liked that person, right? It was like, I wish, you know, I wish we could have hung out today. Yeah. Pugajutsu asked, do you see yourselves doing something like it again? And if so, what lessons would you take in with you? If there's another pandemic, like, <laughs> if the, the, like I do not want one, but like if we go into like another huge long series of lockdowns where my job's illegal again, I don't know, it was a great time killer. It unfortunately just started when I had no time left. Um, but aside from that, I don't know, personally, I don't know. So I have run online games like this in the past uh, on other sites that were much larger uh, and because they were part of like large established communities and uh, we're talking dozens of players, uh, hundreds for one of them. And I will say that this was probably my favorite one out of them uh, because I got to take control of safety with the other STs and in other games safety was just kind of like an afterthought. We also had a whole lot of things like, you don't have to write three pages every time you want to spend experience. Uh, you know, all of those sort of bullshit yeah. sort of uh, bookkeeping and gatekeeping uh, we got to throw out, which I thought was great for the kind of games that I like to play. Would I do it again? Online storytelling like this is one of the most rapidly burning out things that you could possibly do. Uh, it is not to say that I didn't have fun. I think we've made it very clear. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun, but it is uh, it is very demanding. The more players you have, the more likely you are to have somebody come along and cause a very serious problem for you, um, or to just be a drain on your resources. We, I will say that there are players out there who um, who definitely ask a lot, and there are players out there who try to give more than themselves try to be this try to be the latter i'm not calling anybody out because mm -mm. i don't i think that some of that comes with experience and also some of it just comes from your just general disposition right like it's fine but uh, this game had a larger proportion of the latter a larger proportion of people who came in and were like i'm going to try to make this game not just fun for me but fun for other people it's not on like an every individual day. It's an overall thing. Like everyone had bad days. And yeah. Days. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, I really liked this game. But would I do it again? There's a few things that I'd have to do before I was would consider it. The first is uh, it would not be based on changing the streaming. The main issue that I have with uh, the game as it stood 
was that I had to take an un, a disproportionate amount of responsibility for uh, the world because it was a world that I created and a world that I nominally still control. We haven't closed the book on changing the streaming mm. and locked it and thrown away the key. That's still something that may come up in the, again in the future. And so there were things that like, the way that the the way that the entire nobility system runs, it's not in the book. That's me mm -hmm. that has to figure that out. Most of the NPCs were mine because they were created for the other game. And so, uh, knowledge about other game lines like Werewolf. So things, it, it, a lot of it fell on me, and that's through no fault of anyone but my own. Because I said, "Hey, we can just do it." Now you're look, you were PCs. Now you're NPCs. Like, mm -hmm. so it was very difficult to have people join in. Yeah, well, like, to zoom in on a little detail, um, just the spark, being patches at the spark. The spark has zisters. John designed it in his mind. As much as our, our PCs, like, from the first episode were put semi in charge of it, it was still a universe that John had created. So whenever anyone would be like, oh, I'd like to visit the spark and get the tour, I was always like, I don't feel like I can do it justice. And that's like, that meant, okay, well, here's another thing John has to do, right? And it, there were just all those little tiny things that yeah. weren't, it, like, sometimes there were big things, but often there were just the little things. It's like, here's another scene John has to do, and another one, and another one, and another one. And like, But that also yeah. included large plot lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to give the okay for yeah. things, or I'd have to, or I'd have to give my advice mm -hmm. for things where it would have been easier for somebody to just be like, "Oh, I thought of this plot line, and I can run it through from A to Z, without your responsibility, like without mm -hmm. you having to look it over." If it was something that we'd all created together, yeah, we didn't. So that's one thing. Uh, I would include some more time-saving measures. You mentioned like tours. Mm -hmm. Nothing against anybody who asked for a tour, because most people ended up asking for a tour of something at one point or another. But I probably should have started saying, you can have the tour, we're not playing it out. Just read any number of Yeah. Like of here's the, the description. Go look on the wiki, it's all there. Well, I did that specifically yeah. with the black box. I was like, where is it that I described all of the tech? Great. Pin, 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 link, 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 and you get the tour. Copy paste. Yeah. Just that. because it can be yeah. I, I I I'm interested in getting to the good stuff yeah. in a lot of ways. Um but it's also, it's just a drain to sort of be like, okay, well, I guess I have to spend the next hour where I could be playing with everybody and I have to focus on typing out descriptions that I've typed out before. Mm -hmm. which... So it was nice when people like PCs started um, giving each other the tour of the freehold. That was nice. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like I necessarily minded and I definitely feel like many of my NPCs would have been happy to give the tour, but it is true that especially when you're bringing in your second character, it's like, okay, I know what it is, you know what it is, can we be like, we do the tour anyway. We, uh, It's for Parth! Um, can we get to the conversation? Yeah. Uh, and usually that was actually the intent. It was like, oh, could we have a tour and actually can I talk to this character? But yeah. Uh, Avatar of Kane, I'm marking it down. Uh, to get back to in a second for you. Don't forget that you put exclamation mark Q in front of anything. And yeah. It will automatically show up. Uh, sorry, we're still answering Pugajutsu's question here. Uh, oh. What I do with something again, what lessons would I take in with you? So there's that. Uh, there's also just the knowing that uh, there were some things that I think we did very right. Uh, the fact that we did the safety tools the way that we did 
um, I will never play in a game without those kinds of safety tools ever again, mm -hmm. uh, or at least some safety tools. Uh, it will not happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I also would say that it's going to depend on time. Uh, I'm not because like here's the thing: the time that I devoted to Disconcordia was time that I was not devoting to other things in terms of streaming, mm -hmm. um, either on my own personal channel or on RPG Clinic. Uh, so. I'm not saying that I'm never gonna do something like this again, but I'd have to come up with an idea that I got really excited about. Um, and something that I was like, yes, this is worth my not spending time on other things. Mm -hmm. I think is the answer. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was a lesson and it's gone. But yeah. Um, yeah. Avatar of Cain asks, is there anything about following on from changing the stream that you thought was so good that you enjoy even with the boxing and slash extra stuff not sure i understand the question um is it that like so there was we talked about the downside to continuing changeling oh, that's what so it, was yeah. there something that was really good i i like these characters um to be honest uh, and this is not to take away anything from um to take away anything from the from the players of Disconcordia, but I got into changing the streaming to watch Liz, Scott, and you play. Uh, Patches, Braum, and Sophia are wonderful characters, and I love seeing them again. Um, so there's that. Part of it is that. Part of it is also I got to play some characters that uh, I hadn't had a chance to play with before, and I got to have some interesting interactions that I don't know I would have had otherwise, right? Like, yeah. how would this particular NPC react to this particular new PC that exists in this continuum? So I think that worked out yeah. well for me. Um, and it means that if we do pick up changing the streaming in the future, um, then they, there will be an added dimension to it that wasn't there before. Yeah, it was really interesting seeing because part of how we concluded changing the streaming was that things had changed, right? Sophia became Countess, Brahm had a new freehold, there were fundamental changes in what was going on in people's lives. Patches had joined the Golden Braid um, and become Dougal, and all of that happened in like the last 15, 20 sessions, which sounds like a lot, except for when you know there's 136 plus bonus episodes. Um, so many. Uh, so it was interesting to see what that life was like to see what that next step was and like the obligations right like you saw sophia's obligations as countess she was constantly hosting having meetings and stuff um and it was very interesting for me to pick up patches again and be like what does she do now that she isn't hanging out with her two buddies all day every day because those people have lives it was neat it was fun, and it was great to see what was happening with all the other NPCs. Kung Fu Fenris, you can play a Fiona any fucking day. Yeah! I, Kung Fu Fenris also asked, would there be a way to slay the time zone demon? Um, yeah. Time zones are a lot easier to handle when you have, like, 100 players. Because then you will have more players at certain times of mm -hmm. day. Uh, I think I'd like to think that we did as good a job as we could with the players that we were uh, that we were handling, who were not close to our time zone and who had radically different schedules than us. Mm -hmm. um, it is it, it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, I freely admit that 
Uh, it is more fun to play when there's a lot of people who you can potentially interact with as opposed to a few. Uh, but that's kind of yeah. what we could do. No, you know what the answer is? If you are playing in this game, you have to change your sleep schedule to match our time zone. Oh, Christ. <laughs> um, change your job, change your life, sleep when it's light out, play when it's dark out. No. One thing I do appreciate <laughs> from our players is that there was, there was very little complaining about how we were not serving people. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, I'm sorry that this cannot be better, and yeah. is there any way that you can help me have a better mm -hmm. play experience? But there wasn't a an overall like, well, then you suck because... Because yeah. we can't be expected to, like, yeah. you know, change our sleep schedules mm -hmm. to fit everyone. There were expressions of FOMO, of fearing, missing out, people, frustration that their that time zones were not the same as ours but i never felt like they were blaming us no yeah yeah um it's 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 a it's a rough thing the time zone stuff and i totally get it i totally understand um but i do hope that people got a chance to play at least a bit um and i also know that some people played a bunch in the beginning and then fell off and some of that is due to life in general, right? Like, it's it's a it's a tough place to be mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes, but that has it's literally what happened to the two of us. Yeah, we life uh, wound back up for us. Yeah, and so we no longer had the time to devote to it that we once did. Yeah. I. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if there's okay. other questions about Discord or about anything, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, throw them out there. We'll be glad to answer. Uh, I will. I think though we're probably wrapping up. Oh, hi. Good morning. It's like time zone. Morning. Uh, now what? Okay, we can get into that. Now what? We're not going to talk about Blades in the Dark today. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to do that as a froyo with Liz and Scott. That was supposed to be today. It's not happening today, as you can see. So we're going to see if we can get it to happen. We don't know when it will be. Uh, current hope, current plans, but again, subject to change because life can change, is January 1st. So we're off next week because it is Christmas. We have obligations and we assume many of our viewers do as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're off next week, but January 1st, we're planning to be back um, and we will be doing the Blades in the Bar Dark Froyo. Yeah. All things there going is, according to plan. There is a possibility that we might do it at some point earlier during the week. That's true. We I forgot aren't, about that. We aren't sure yet. Uh, part of the problem is that Liz and Scott are Currently literally on set and cannot answer us yeah. uh, timely. Uh, they also only found out about when they were going to be on set last night. So uh, trust me when I say this. A lot of this is because mm -hmm. uh, because of last minute stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, if we can get it done during the week, I'd personally uh, hope that we can, just because it'd be nicer to have it Close closer here. to the end of the campaign. Yeah. But uh, it may not be possible, and I'm not going to force the issue. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye on the Discord for that. But yeah, if we're not talking about what happened with Blades in the Dark, is it time for us to talk about uh, specifically what Kung Fu Fenris has mentioned, which is now what? Uh, should we change our little uh, title text then? Yes, we can. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 
Yeah. Um, so starting the new year, we're hoping to uh, have closed out or very quickly close out um, our Froyo for Blades in the Dark. Um, as previously mentioned, I would love to do a play test of um, the one page RPG that I made called Major Problem. Um, so that's going to be a playtest live stream session, uh, depending on how it goes. We might run through two quick sessions because it's currently designed to be flexible in duration. Um, I would love to run Alice is Missing, um, but uh, at the moment we're short one computer and my plans for Alice is Missing does require everyone to be at a computer and I'd like us to all be in the same place. So there's just a bit of technological uh, limitation at the moment. Um, poor computer. Yeah. It's part is on its way, we think, maybe. Uh, yeah, so there's some of that tech to be worked out, but it's something that is on my to-do list that I really would love to run. Uh, I also know that Liz would love to run Good Society and or Gothic Society. Um, we're looking at some scheduling because there's a guest we'd love to have if we play Gothic Society. We're figuring out what our schedules are in the coming months. As artists, I know I have some shows coming up. I know they have some gigs coming up. Um, so we're figuring those specifics out. Um, going back to some other things we touched on, uh, that um, we're constantly keeping an eye on the things that are coming out involving Exalted and involving the world of darkness. There are a lot of things that we're excited about, but nothing at the moment that is out that we are sure that we're gonna like jump on immediately. We're tracking Sidereals quite closely. Uh, that book looks awesome. Exigence looks really good. Uh, and then of course there's also Lunars that we haven't touched yet, as well as the release of Exalted Essence when it actually comes out in its final form. So we're not going to be playing Exalted for a little bit. Uh, we know that for sure, but we also know that all of us have expressed interest in Exalted. So it's not like that's going away, it's just more that we wanna wait until we've got the stuff. To, to really sit down and look at it and decide whether we want to get into it again, because both Essence and Third Edition actually involve a considerable amount of buy-in mm -hmm. uh, in order to play. They are not easy games. Even Essence is mm -hmm. not, like, its level of complexity is still similar to a standard storyteller system game. Yeah. So, want to see the egg again? Everybody yeah. wants the egg again. Uh, so the, these are options that we would like to, to look at, right? Like Exalted is a favorite of ours, mm -hmm. um, but it's going to take some time, um, not just to get the books, but also to feel good about us playing Exalted again. Because we want to make sure that there's enough distance. We don't always want to be playing the same things over and over again, fall into a rut. Uh, there's also Werewolf the Apocalypse 5th Edition that we would really like to take a look at and figure out if we want to play it. It's a game that... Um, none of the three of you have played. No. But I've played it. Uh, I would love to, to play this game, especially because I think it'll be really cool to see it from, because 5th edition is a soft reboot, and to play it with somebody who has a lot of experience with Werewolf and then three people who don't. Um, Which is basically where we were at with Changely. I know Scott had played a little bit, but yeah. and changing the streaming works worked really well, so... Yeah. Uh, well, Scott was actually in a second edition yeah. Changeling yeah, 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 yeah. game, right? Uh, so that's a question mark, but we don't know when that's coming out. It's supposed to, question mark, come out sometime in 2023. 
we don't know when that is and we don't know whether that's going to get bumped or pushed so in the absence of all of these there is a game that we are looking at we are not prepared to say that this is the game we're going to play but eventually i want to run a game again uh because it's actually been a little while yeah since i've run a game um and so we are saying today that the game that we're looking at currently that we may play based on playtesting internally for ourselves. Uh, I know that Liz is planning on reading a significant chunk of the book uh, over some downtime that she'll be having in the next little bit. Uh, do you want to say it or should I? Go for it. Uh, we are looking at uh, playing Avatar Legends. Mm -hmm which is the role-playing game that is based on Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Uh, we, it is a Powered by the Apocalypse-like game. Uh, it has obviously some of its own mechanics to it. Uh, we are currently looking at it. We don't know what era we would choose to play in. We have no idea about what characters we're playing. I'm trying to set expectations here. Mm -hmm. It is our front runner, but we are not prepared to announce that that's the game we are going to play. Just that it's the game that we are looking at. And it's going to take us a bit of time to figure that out. But thankfully, because we have Alice is Missing, Major Problem, Good Society or Gothic Society, and something that I've been planning and I'm hoping that I might be able to, to put forward, uh, that, I'm, that I'm pretty sure will happen, but I, I'm not ready to announce it just, just yet. Uh, but that's just a one shot. Mm -hmm. um, and possibly Taskmaster, we'll see. Uh, so in other words, we've got a bunch of plans coming through, especially because there's a couple of Sundays here and there where one or more of the players aren't available. Uh, but once we have kind of a more set and regular thing, that's the game that we're investigating. Yeah. Yep. Be prepared for me to share more of what I've been puttering around with because at the moment I'm between gigs, so I have lots of free time. Um, Keep going. Ah. Um, so yeah, I've been like figuring out the crunchy side of the overlay tech and like how we would be able to display information and stats and all of that because I've been doing that with our last few systems and I find that that really helps me actually parse what's needed like with making the bot for C20. I really had to crunch through all the rules and come down to an understanding of them. Uh, so that's been fun for me. As always, if you have thoughts about this, yeah. let us know in the Discord. It's especially important to recognize that we aren't, we make decisions based on what we think will be fun, but we absolutely want to hear from you. Uh, if there's, if you have experience with the game, if you have the, uh, if you have specific thoughts about that particular universe, if you have uh, recommendations, we do want to hear them. We obviously cannot do all, but it is a thing. Uh, this book, by the way, uh, Kung Fu Fenders, this is The Worlds of Android. This is the lore book that accompanies Android uh, as an FFG setting. So it's not a role-playing game. Uh, this is literally just art and lore, uh, which for me was about um, my interest in Android Netrunner. Uh, Android is, of course, part of some other games in FFG's lineup, as well as Shadow of the Beanstalk, which is a role-playing game is very sadly part of the Genesis system, which we do not enjoy. So we'll put that back. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of books in there. Yeah. A bunch books. of books that I really enjoy. And a bunch of books that I enjoy less. 
but you know. So it goes. So it goes. Um, I will give anybody some definite credit if you can recognize what these books are. Uh, if someone knows what these, what this is, these 10 volumes, I'd be very curious. To Zoom in, enhance. Enhance, yeah. enhance. Yeah. And of course this is Tomboy, but mm -hmm. you know, these are my Tomboy. signed copies of Tomboy. Um, but I think, uh, unless folks have other questions, um, we've done our look back, we've done our look forward. What about our look now? Uh, yeah, it's the sad music. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> some of those are good guesses, but they are not. Uh, this is this is your hint mm. as to what this is. Interesting. Because this may be a bit more recognizable to people, so this is your hint for this. So Kung Fu Fenders knows one of them. What about my yeah. look up and to the right? I mean, we could. Although this time I actually have to look to the right, which yeah. is weird. I know. I was just I was setting it up, and I was like, uh, "Where is anything? I need to mirror it for Mirrored my own it. brain." I. Uh, hmm. So once again, it is not Saga. Although I wish I did own that in hard copy. I own that in soft copy. Um, once again, we are not streaming next week. Next week is Christmas Day on Sunday, but that doesn't mean there aren't necessarily streams during the week. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott may or may not be streaming. I hope that I'm getting my computer back. I have a new stream project. I'm gonna. I, I don't want to abandon uh, Cyberpunk right now, but I do have an idea in the back of my head that I'm gonna propose uh, a couple of different um, franchises, and I'm going to play through every major console version of them as quickly as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them being the Mario series, which I've kind of already done. The other being the Zelda series. Well, you'd have to get specific about the Mario series because if you do like Galaxy and stuff, some of those are going to get long. Yeah, but that's, that's why okay. you have to try to do it as fast weeks. as you can. Yeah. So we'll see. And we may have to pick certain games from them. Uh, it is Ex Machina, Kung Fu Fenris. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Uh, it is the 10 issues of Ex Machina, uh, which I own in trade paperback. Uh, so congratulations, Kung Fu Fenris wins the day, as he often does. Bing. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, though. Yeah. Super cool. We are going to be back on January 1st. Whether it's the Froyo or whether it's something else, the best place for you to find that out is on the Discord. You can find that in the chat up there. Or down in the links below. Um, or down in the links below. <laughs> or the fact that most of you are already on there anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, we would love to hear about your thoughts about Avatar Legends uh, as a game uh, and as a setting. And uh, otherwise, Friday... I think punchy is a possibility. We're probably having Friday punchy. I mean, I know that they aren't leaving the city. I actually know they might be going to Ottawa, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, stay tuned to the Discord as always. Thank you, all of you, for tuning in tonight and throughout the past year, and we hope to see you in the year and many years ahead. Um, but yeah, if you can't tune in, it's always great to see you drop a message in the Discord. Because uh, that's how we kill the time zone demon, really. You know what I did a lot of this this year? I got shot. Oh, like yeah. Like, a lot. Yeah. Go and get shot. If you can get shot, get shot. Not just for COVID. <laughs> get your flu shot. This year, it's a good shot. Yeah. Get it. But thanks for tuning in. If you're looking for us, though, we are going to be this way and that way. 
and we'll see you next time. Bye, happy.